0: This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show.
1: And greetings. Welcome aboard. I am Steve Dace. Glad to have you with us here. On the Blaze Live and on demand. And for me anyway, on location. Hello to Todd and Aaron back in Des Moines. Let's just go ahead and find out now. Make sure uh that all of that string between cups is connected gentlemen are you hearing me okay back there today how
2: you doing steve good to hear you made it there safely
3: yeah no it's uh it's good to hear your voice or, or something
1: i mean i hope the check is in the mail at any rate it is uh but it will take more compliments than that my my understanding i want you first of all you guys need to know when i got off the plane last night here in dallas it was 75 degrees um some quality trolling
3: i just want to no no it's not i just want to say steve that um i i have never seen a, a weather forecast turn as much as it has here i mean it's like 45 degrees and sunny yeah and i'm just not going to let you have the satisfaction about bragging about
1: texas's weather so there's that yeah it, it it's it was 38 when i got up this morning in dallas and what's funny <laughs> is i went outside waiting for my uber to take me here to, to the blaze studios i'm like it's really nice out here people are just losing their poop around here uh because it dropped down to 38 degrees i'm like you guys understand it's still like 30 degrees warmer uh than than where i came from Uh, i understand you guys are getting hammered with the snow today is that true yep
3: very very much so yeah it's it's snowing here what how are you
1: Well, let's get to it. Steve at Steve Dace. Now that Aaron is completely broken, Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show. Coming up today, we're going to debut a new segment on the show later this hour, uh, as well as a truth bomb from our friend, Senator Bernie Sanders. You have to see to believe. Uh, Also, we're going to bring back an old segment that many of you have asked for in the past, and our producer, Aaron I used to enjoy because it let him talk more. So we're going to bring that segment back today as well as Theology Thursday. But before we get to all of that, we, of course, must first begin with what happened while we were away. What happened
3: while we were away brought to you by Virginia Democrats. We talked about this on the Blaze TV roundtable yesterday, but I think it's helpful to recap what exactly is going on down in Virginia. Delegate Kathy Tran advocated aborting babies as they're being born. Governor Ralph Northam advocated infanticide also Governor Ralph Northam dressed up in either blackface or as a Klansman when he was in college. Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax, accused of sexual assault, also reportedly said of his accuser, bleep that bleep. Attorney General Mark Herring admits he too dressed up in blackface back in the day, and Congressman Bobby Scott admitted he knew about the allegations of sexual assault against Lieutenant Governor Fairfax over a year ago. In other great news involving Democrats, the Washington Post published the State Bar of Texas registration card circa 1977 for one Elizabeth Warren, wherein she identifies herself as American Indian. So all I know is during this time period, uh, this is consistent with what I did because it was based on my understanding from my family's stories But family stories are not the same as tribal citizenship. And this is why I have apologized both to Chief Baker, who was very gracious about it, and have apologized. But but Senator, Cory Spartacus Booker had this very embarrassing exchange with a judicial nominee earlier this week. Have you ever had uh, an LGBTQ uh, law clerk?
2: Um, I've not been a judge, so I don't have any law clerks.
3: Um, uh, This is what Nancy Pelosi had to say about Trump's proposed ban on late-term abortions. It's really quite a sad thing when you know that what we're talking about is something that applies to the health and life health and ability to have other children of women. I
2: hope that in his family he never has to face that crisis.
1: apply his attitude toward.
3: It. And Senator Patty Murray explains why she blocked Senator Ben Sasse's bill that would outlaw killing a baby who's survived an abortion.
1: Congress politicians should not be cut, cut, get between a woman and her doctor. All this bill would do is say that if a, a child survives abortion, it should be treated by medical professionals. That's, so why, what, why That's what the text says in the bill.
3: Jamel Hill made a reference to the assassination of Malcolm X in this tweet during the State of the Union. Yeah, she was calling on Trump to be assassinated. State of the Union fact check. Trump said one in three women is sexually assaulted on the long journey north. That's partly true. Doctors Without Borders has found 31% of female migrants and 17% of male migrants said they had been sexually abused while traveling through Mexico. And finally, Conflict Avoidance by Bernie Sanders.
0: Now do you believe Justin Fairfax is accuser? is accuser. Okay, alright. Okay. What we don't? You mean Excuse me. Stop you're not on the You're right not on the phone. You're okay. not on the phone. Excuse me. Sir. I'm asking you a question.
1: Justin Fairfax is accuser. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage today brought to you by our friends over at Real Estate Agents I Trust. I knew I was going to do that. I knew I was going to do that. Thinking of buying or selling a home this year, realestateagentsitrust.com is a company, Glenn Beck and Associates. They started six years ago, and they did so because they were incredibly frustrated by real estate agents who talked a good game but just never got the job done. And there are a few things you will do in life. Take it from me. I've done this myself. More stressful than buying or selling a home, or selling a home and then buying another one at the exact same time, trying to pull off uh, that double duty. And I had a good realtor, and it was incredibly stressful for us. I can't imagine getting that done uh, with one that was subpar. And what sets real estate agents I trust apart from other, I guess we would call them uh, referral services, is those are mostly set up so that uh, an agent can find a customer. Uh, they're, They're really to help them, uh, you know, reach new clients. In this case, this is about empowering you, the customer, to find the right agent. And it's not, you know, nothing in life is 100% foolproof, probably other than death and taxes, right? But it's a a pretty good sign if, if someone opens up to voluntary transparency and scrutiny and the agents that are a part of real estate agents I trust have done exactly that. So buy or sell for fast and for the right price with the right team. At realestateagentsITrust.com. And again, that website is realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, so gentlemen, I want to make sure I'm up to date on on what's going on in Virginia uh, alongside of Aaron's montage here. Because a couple of other side notes I've picked up on. Uh, apparently now the the accuser of Lieutenant Governor Fairfax, she has told she's she's got multiple people that she says she told about this in the past. And he's hired the legal defense team uh, uh, that represented uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Do I have that correct, gentlemen?
3: And she also hired the legal defense team, as I understand it, that represented
1: Christine Blasey Ford. How is this not just history just trolling us? We're going to do this whole thing again with with all of the same people all over again? We're going to... Can the writers of this show, are they out of material? You know what? You know, I'm, I'm starting to get concerned that the writers of this show, um, uh, we may be hitting that slump. You know, Lost had that slump like season three where they weren't sure how they were going to end it and when it was going to end. And they kind of circled the drain for a bit. And then they started to the flash forwards and the show you know, and they found you know, and, and and this was after the others. They kind of exhausted that storyline, and then they then they did the flash forwards, and we started introducing the Dharma Initiative, and you started you know, and the mm-hmm. show kind of got its it got its second wind. I kind of feel like this show needs that right now because we are one we are one contrived plotline away from introducing the suddenly aged child. Uh, Brian Bonsell comes in, if you know your family ties references. Brian Bonsell comes in, and all of a sudden, uh, the you know uh, the the family they've got a new kid to introduce. That's that's a, always a jump the shark moment for a show, but the the exact same people, the exact same kind of story all over again. Why are we doing this, Todd?
2: Why it's um well, look at we have a great country. We at least we did so you know even what we could do what we could do in this moment right now is it is it's at the tip of our fingers we could just do just about anything we don't we do not have to you know beat down a tyrant who has a gun at our heads yet but instead this is like you know we have an opportunity to make a new Star Wars trilogy and they say you know what how about we do the Death Star for a third time, but we'll call it Star Killer Base this time, nice. and just make it a little bigger. Nice. That, I mean, there's there's no imagination left, and this is look at look at Hollywood. I mean, it, it, it remakes um, and and bad ones uh, at that. We, really, we we this is a failure of imagination.
1: You're right.
3: Um, what. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead, Steve. No, you go ahead. Well, I was I was going to say the Blaze TV roundtable yesterday, uh, Matthew 7, 1 is the verse that uh, a lot of leftists love uh, to take out of context, mm-hmm. uh, which is judge not lest ye be judged. Uh, but the following two verses, verses 2 and 3, really are what we're seeing play out right now. And I would encourage the audience to go read those verses. Uh, essentially, um, judge not lest you be judged uh, for by the same standard. You judge other people, you're going to be judged by mm-hmm. the same measure you judge other people by will be applied to you. Uh, why do you care about the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a plank in your own eye? And I saw you tweeting this as well uh, yesterday about the principle of sowing and reaping. Right. And that's what we, it is a metaphysical certitude. That's what we're seeing play out before our very eyes uh, because uh, that, is, uh, that is the trope that is the trope of really uh, humanity: is that we always we always get um, it, it always get what we deserve. And I, I use the word trope uh, very intentionally because you brought this up in the context of a of a story. Mm-hmm. This is just um, failed human nature. Mm-hmm. This is what we are always doomed to. Um, go down. This is the road that we're always doomed to go down because this is how, this is just how we rule. You reap what you sow, and we're seeing this over and over again. And sometimes, very rarely, it doesn't seem like in this life um, that people always reap what they sow. I mean, usually they do, but it always metaphysically, especially uh, spiritually, they always will eternally.
1: Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Yep. A man will always reap what he sows. That's what you're referring to, right? Uh, yeah. and, you know, I had this uh, exchange with uh, Stu here at The Blaze on Twitter yesterday. I think that's what you were talking about with the, uh, my Correct. reference to sowing and reaping. And, and he said, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm troubled by whether to lower our standards in order to, uh, you know, uh, defeat the left with their lower standards. And, and I kind of think my answer, or, or he was basically asking his audience, how would you approach that? And you know me, uh, and that 's why I kind of get a chuckle when we have Shannon on here on Fridays who refuses to adhere to any of my binary choices i, I just I, I I have to reprogram the Kobayashi Maru and she turns it around I mean, I just don't like it, okay uh, but I, I refuse to accept the no win scenario so to me i 'm not lowering our standard. What do I mean by that um, if If Lieutenant Governor Fairfax is not guilty, then we should give him unless this woman produces um, you know evidence confirming. Any of the details that so far she has alleged, we should give him every bit that benefited out that we demanded of Brett Kavanaugh. We're not going to lower our standard um, for pagans, but uh, I have no problem standing by and letting pagans be consumed by their own pagan standard either. Uh, and, and that's what we're talking about here. I mean, if they, if the, if, uh, another way of putting this is feast, you locusts. Feast, yes. If they if they wish to feast upon one another, uh, if the, if they wish to if 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 they if they wish to uh, be hung and hoisted from their own petards, I don't know why I have any obligation to get in the way of that. I I don't. Uh, and to me, that's that's the natural law. You know, that's the self enforcing notion of natural law. That is. Paul's letter to the Galatians about you will reap what you sow. I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. So I, I think I, I, we, I'm not going to lower who we are in order to beat them, but I am perfectly happy holding them accountable to their own debased standard because it's your undoing uh, when you live by that level of a standard. And you're watching that transpire in Virginia now. And I, I, I think, and I said this on our roundtable yesterday too, Um, So not everybody here on the on the on the blaze today maybe saw it, but I I think they wanted this story to be a distraction from the the abortion issue at first. But I think this thing has spiraled out of control, men. I I think this has gone way beyond. uh, I think they thought they would just run the old white guy, Ralph Northam, out of there and put the young black guy in there and and find a new potential Obama they could groom and move on and they got rid of this issue and and coach themselves after Trump references it in in uh, in the State of the Union, we don't nobody speaks about this again until, you know, after twenty twenty. I, I thought they thought this was gonna be this story in Virginia was gonna be done five days ago. I, I don't believe they intended this is the law of unintended consequences. This is the opening of Pandora's box. I don't believe they had any idea all of the reverberations of this story, Todd, that have developed in the last few days. I think it's gone now way beyond uh, what they thought was a necessary evil distraction. That I, I think it's I think it's exploded and metastasized on and beyond that.
2: Man, you know what you just described, and listen, I'm, I didn't come in here intending to do Star Wars references, but uh, here I they are. I have no are. idea why you're doing you any ju- Star
1: Wars references today. No idea. Yeah.
2: You you described right there why the Sith ultimately just went down to two at a time because be they two. kept shanking <laughs> <Yeah>. each other. <laughs> yes. Honestly, this is what happens. This is actually, I for mean, people who don't
1: know Star Wars, this is actually the law of the Sith, why there's only two. There used to be millions of them, and they couldn't stop feasting on each other. So there can only be two, a master and apprentice. And what's the apprentice always end up doing to the master, by the way? Yeah, shanking he, he, him too. He shanks the master and then goes and finds his own apprentice to keep the line going. That's, that's what you're alluding to.
2: Well, this is what I uh, – previous uh, uh, to the uh, election of uh, 2018, Armada was the dumbest one, the one whose dumbest last loses. And and it's because I felt strongly that the Republicans could win in spite of themselves, that the, the Democrats were their best friends. Now, that's just a pure – that's a raw, cynical political analysis. That clearly continues to be true, but here, here's the problem. When that happens, how many of us – get caught up in the wake of that. Mm-hmm. We talked yesterday, you know, don't don't think for a second, ha ha, Virginia, punchline over there. You're looking at what's going on at the guts of most of federal and state government, and a lot of boss hog local government, mm. too. And it's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. This is timeless. Who Ultimately, where does accountability lie? It, uh, it uh, lies in the virtue that can and only comes from God. And we are so disconnected from that right now that you might be laughing at what's going on in Virginia right now? But there is a reckoning right around the corner, right where you live somewhere. If you don't know that and understand that and are willing to do something about that, you're going to deserve it just as much as a Ralph Northam when that boomerang comes around to get you.
3: It's appropriate that we're talking about this, Steve, on Theology Thursday, where we've made um, a, a big deal in our study of Colossians out of uh, see to it that no one takes you captive mm-hmm. uh, by philosophy or human tradition, uh, you know, or empty deceit based on human traditions. This is what's happening. That's that's what we're seeing at large in culture. And you said to Kurt Schilling recently on the sports show, and the sports show is we talk sports. It's just about sports. Every now and then, though, just because. Uh, out of necessity, you do have to delve into worldview um, you 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 reminded him recently he was trying to figure out why in some of these cases of athletes behaving badly at universities, you know wh- why why that is and why uh, isn't uh, why aren't they what you know why isn't the NCAA or the FBI holding people accountable equally? and you reminded him of something that we talk about and something that Todd, I think just alluded to is that just because this is happening to democrats in virginia mm-hmm. don't think that it's not happening to every single institution and i mean i'm i'm pretty pretty certain of that every single institution at least to some degree but especially the public ones Every single institution is made up of fallible human beings with um, fallible human natures with a lot of temptations just like you and I have and everybody listening to this has. So don't make – we shouldn't ever make the mistake of just thinking that this type of um, just – I mean what can we call Virginia? It is a cesspool right now, right now, and this has just been going on the last week. Don't think that that's isolated to Democrats in Virginia, That is happening everywhere, especially to the major institutions, especially to the major public institutions, and unfortunately in our churches, uh, even down to our churches as well. Maybe to a lesser degree, I hope to and pray to a lesser degree, but it's happening everywhere. It's just that in this particular case, it's happening with public officials uh, who are Democrats— in a uh, in a state that's uh, you know in a state that's very close to Washington, it's th- there's no difference except that they're in public and most of the culture is is not. And so we have to be careful when we're thinking about this. Um, to again, uh, this is not just isolated to those people over there. This is s- systemic. That's what systemic means. Yeah. It is culture wide.
1: Well, and and that is right on the money, brother. And, and in fact, I don't think this is a coincidence. We have we have had to deal with I I've gotten how many calls from reporters and how many columns and stories and hand ringings have we endured and witnessed over the last couple of years with, you know, uh, apparently, uh, you know, uh, Christians don't care about adultery anymore. Uh, and where's your moral standards at? And uh, and and, you know, uh, you'll you'll change anything you used to condemn Democrats for uh, and, and excuse it for Trump. And, and we struggled navigating those waters because sadly there was some truth to those condemnations.
2: Yeah. Steve, how many year, times over the years have you been shanked Sith Lord style by Republicans?
1: <laughs> Most of my career. Uh, the, yep. the, the ratio of people who have tried to take food off my family's table that were in the Republican Party compared to leftists, it's, not, it's actually not even close. Okay. It's well, not even it close. Um, uh, the current ambassador of China. Uh, the former governor of Iowa, literally <laughs> called my manager, uh, my program director, on the phone uh, for all intents and purposes, demanding my firing, okay? So back to the point, though, I was making about the, the condemnations of Christians losing their witness by pagans. Well, all of a sudden now, the, the, the pagans wanted to hold the believers to their standard and say, why aren't you guys living up to what you claim to believe? Why aren't, why aren't you ho- waving the banner for the values and principles that you claim are preeminent? And lo and behold, what are we finding here now on the left is I, what is their religion? What is their preeminent uh, value, identity politics? And, and now we've got... I, I've been around white people my entire life, <laughs> okay? I, I, I've never been... None of us, man... None of us ever sat there and thought, maybe, I don't know what it was like in Wisconsin with with, with, uh, the uh, Urzan neighborhoods. Any any of you sit around when you were a kid, Todd, and say, you know, I think for Halloween, man, I'm going to put on some blackface. You ever heard that in your life? Who does that? I've never... I remember when C. Thomas Howell did it for Soul Man. Remember that movie back in the day?
2: Yeah. And how shocking
1: that was and how offensive that was to people. I I have no idea where, I'm 45 years old, I I had no idea that dressing up in blackface, except when Ted Danson wanted to lose his career over it 20 years ago, I had no idea that it was a thing. I kind of think it went out with, you know, Amos and Andy in uh, in segregation. I, I didn't know this was still a thing. Well, identity politics is their number one value and virtue, and they wanted to sit here and say to the, to the believing part of the country, hey, why won't you hold up your end of the bargain, uh, except we, they, were, they were not doing it in a way of wistfully wishing we would go back to being principled. They were doing it in a way to say, hey, why don't you uh, not vote so we can win and run the country? That, that, you see what I'm saying? They were baiting us. They, they weren't really interested in, boy, you know, we, we really miss when the Christians stood for something. No, they were they were baiting you into ejecting from the process so that you would just let them take over the country instead. Well, hey, you know, as Aaron said a few minutes ago, for by your own standard, will you also be judged? Well, the highest principle right now on the American left is identity politics. And now they're being crushed by it. Uh, with, with racism and Me Too and everything else. And, and Aaron, that's an example, I think, of the sowing and reaping you're talking about. That's, that's what I mean when I say things on our Facebook wall that this is either cosmic irony or this is providential trolling and you're watching it play out. No coincidence either, I don't believe, that the day after the Washington Post runs that million, multi-million dollar ad dressing themselves up in the flag and saying, hey, we're your watchmen on the wall and democracy dies in darkness. You need us to shine the light of truth is the very next day we find out that they basically covered for this guy, uh, uh, Mr. Fairfax in Virginia, and didn't run with the the allegations when they ran uh, full bore with them against Brett Kavanaugh. You're watching everybody here get exposed for essentially being fake, guys.
2: So... So tactically, Steve, uh, in light of what we talked about yesterday in terms of Trump needing to capitalize on the spirit of America that he embodied in that speech, how— How do you pivot? I mean, yes, Democrats are Republicans' uh, best friend in terms of how they combust, but then it's an entirely separate matter on what uh, conservatives do to capitalize on the moment. What's your suggestion for um, using this moment to give new breath into the spirit of America issue you talked about yesterday?
1: Well, I I would suggest two things. Number one, when your opponent's making a fool out of themselves, get out of the way, okay? Uh, And then you better make sure... If they can find a Bob Livingston, if they found out Newt Gingrich has been having any more affairs while Bill Clinton's going up the river for lying under oath about adultery, if you know where I'm going with this, you better make yeah. sure, check your own houses, man. Because the minute they can find anybody with an R after their name to pivot off of this story, they're gonna, it's going to be like uh, you know Rocky Four. I will bury you. I mean, I, that, they will, if you thought what they, need, what they did to Brett Kavanaugh was something, they so need to get out of this story that the, if they can find anybody with an R after their name that has anything toward whatsoever, they are going to pounce like you've never seen before because this story right now is killing them nationwide. That's, so, so we're
2: screwed is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing. And this goes to the second point I was going to make. Here's the truth, man. There, there's none righteous. Not a yeah. single one. You're not righteous, Todd. I'm not. Aaron's not. I'm, I, 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 you know, you're not going to find uh, 100% purity if you comb through the search history on my iPad. You're not going to find that I've never, ever said a crossword to my wife. Um, and, and I think this is where, 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 you know what the country, I think, is really yearning for more than anything? is some sincerity, man. I mean, some reality. There's so much fake and I think this is an opportunity for us to actually show some meekness. What does that mean? Power under control. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for us as a contrast to say, you know, the, the reason why we fight to conserve those values and those principles is because, you know what, we have fallen off the narrow road too. You know, we, we've, we've walked the broken road as well. And the, and and returning to these things, you know, why do we fall so we can get back up, you know, returning to these things is what is, is what brought us back. It's, it's what, it's what healed our families. It's what helps our children overcome mom and dad's brokenness, Um, overcome a divorce or, or maybe stop a divorce from happening. Uh, It's what avoids us succumbing to corruption. If we get into public office. And I think that's, this is an opportunity to, 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 to show some relatability and some sincerity. You know, let me give you an example. In the President's State, one of the finest moments I thought of the President's State of the Union the other night is when there was the spontaneous singing of happy birthday to the Holocaust survivor. Mm-hmm. And the President said, and it wasn't snotty, and it was very self-deprecating, dare I yeah, say, I was. almost Reagan-esque, and he said, you know, they wouldn't do that for me. Yeah. You know, a little self-awareness these days, guys, I think goes a long way. And I think we've lost the relatability argument with leftists. You even heard Nancy Pelosi in that clip say, well, I hope he never has to face this decision in his family. You're right. What, what family would give birth to a kid and then kill it? Okay, but, but notice the way she makes her argument, the relational aspect of it. You have no idea why women are in this situation and why they struggle. And what you're finding is they're, they're exposing that they used these, all these arguments were fake. And all these arguments were used to get power and control. And so there is now an opportunity for us to occupy this space. And you know what? Let's let's be a relatable movement again. Let's let's connect with people again. And I think having some humility rather than acting as if these these values do not make us superior. They are an acknowledgement that we are inferior and these values make us better. And that's different. You know, and I feel as if we've kind of made the mistake as 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 conservatives, that the ancient Israelites made. And, and they believed that, they, at, at first they understood that because they were chosen, okay, they were special. And, but after a while, they ended up thinking, uh, you know what, we're pretty special, and that's why we were chosen. And I think we've, we've connected, we've, we've communicated this, particularly to Aaron's generation, too much. That's why, Aaron, that's why Aaron's generation has been in such revolt watching their parents and grandchild, grandparents cover for Trump because it's the hypocrisy of it. And I, I think we need to remember that these values aren't what make us special. Are, are, the values, they're special. We'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> Homeowners, beware. A data breach just exposed 24 million of you to title fraud. That is a crime that could cost you your home if you've got a mortgage, a refi, a HELOC through a major bank. This breach may have put you at risk of losing every dollar of equity you built up in your home and maybe even the home itself. That's a data breach that gave scammers everything they need to steal your home's title. They can forge your signature as the seller, refi. Your, refile your home under a new a new name, uh, theirs, and then take out loans on your home as well. And then they'll stick you, of course, with the payments. And you won't know until the late uh, notices arrive or the bills, maybe even eviction order shows up. And your bank doesn't protect you, nor does identity theft protection, but for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will. Uh, they will put a virtual barrier around your home's title. And you can check now to see if you're already a victim. Uh, go to hometitlelock.com and register for your free Title scan and report, that's $100 value, free with sign-up at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. All right, there's so much stuff in the montage, guys, that um, I, I want to go back um, to something else that was mentioned uh, that you brought up, Aaron, and that's the Elizabeth Warren story. And, and now we're, we're finding out that essentially she is, you know, we just said a minute ago, again, the number one value on the left right now is what? Identity politics. Identity politics. And now you're watching Elizabeth Warren guilty of one of the worst cultural appropriations in recent American history. She yep. has lied for decades. And she has is, she is, she is done this to obtain a, le- a law license. She's done this to benefit her political uh, resume. Uh, why? Because of the need, the desire, the yearning uh, to, to say, I'm a part of a victimized class. I'll even take her at her word. You know, a lot of us today come from families with a lot of out-of-wedlock births, like me, for example— I know I, have a, I come from Italian and Sicilian descent on my biological father's side. I don't know the exact ratio. I have no idea really who the ancestors are on my mother's side. You know, there's a lot of that going around uh, in the era in which we live nowadays because we've had so many out-of-wedlock births, uh, so much sexual dysfunction in the culture in the last uh, decade. So I'll even give her the benefit of the doubt that uh, the story she told yesterday uh, that this is just what she was told ever since she was a little girl uh, as a family story and a family history and uh, she just believed it and she shouldn't have. I'll even, I'll even buy that to a point because it makes my point. The idea, though, that you wouldn't be... In, first of all, when you're first attacked for this not being true and your initial inclination, again, you know, I just talked about where's the humility... Where's the self-awareness? Her first reaction to this for years has been, you're a bigot, you're intolerant, Focahontas is, uh, uh, is, is racist. Um, no effort whatsoever to produce her credentials. And then, before Christmas of this year, she produced her credentials. And what was it? Guys, do you remember what the ridiculous was at 1,000th of a per, percent? What was it? Do you remember what it was? 1 in,
3: one in 1,024th.
1: And she actually... 1
3: in 1,024th.
1: She actually... Th- and, and, and instead of... That was another chance to show humility. That was another chance to show self-awareness. Another chance to come out and say, you know what, maybe my family history on this has been exaggerated over the years. It turns out, you know, I'm... I, I, probably given given the history of this country, anybody, almost everybody in America probably can say they have that level of Native American blood in their family ancestry somewhere, okay? So no humility there either. No self-awareness there either. A double down, a triple down, and now this comes out as well. And And, and this is where, you know... How do I say this? I think things like this are evidence if you're if you're, if, if you're, if, if you're like our, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, wherefore art thou Lord? <laughs> How much longer, Lord? all right you're looking for evidence that that God still has a thumb on the scale of this culture that he hasn't given up. Uh, if you're looking for evidence of that, I would submit as potential. I, I'm not a prophet. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I don't have a direct line okay, on that level any more than any other believer does. So this is, this is an exegetical conclusion I'm making. I think these things, guys, coming out and the timing of them, it's almost as if Providence was saying to Elizabeth Warren, hey, here's a chance to come clean. Here's here's a chance to unburden yourself with a with something that you've exaggerated and falsified for decades, and just let it go now. And she did the study and didn't do that. Okay, we gave you. A, it's almost like providence is saying, "Hey, we we gave you a chance. We 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 gave you the chance to move on from this, and you chose to double and triple down. So, uh, you chose to tighten that grip around the idol all the more." Well, you've left me no alternative but to pry even harder to loosen the grip. So, we're going to have to get uh, a little more confrontational here. I I that's I think you're watching the master, I believe, is settling some accounts as we speak. Am I blowing this way out of proportion? You think I'm onto something?
2: No. You're onto something. It, it, it's it's not just for her, it's for all of us. I mean, this is uh, Rachel Dolazal Times infinity. This is the greatest case of cultural approbation that uh, we know of. I mean, and and the left is—you know—there's there's there's white people who own a Chinese restaurant that are you know getting thrown under the coals. And how dare you? Or uh, and have we heard once? I don't recall it. Maybe it's been done, but have have we heard it on any scale whatsoever than some anonymous Twitter bot account? Anybody accuse her from the left Mm -hmm. for cultural approbation? I don't recall that. Right. Not in any serious way. Uh, so this is way more than a settling account with her because going forward, I think we all know what the uh, where we would set the over-under at for the likelihood of like two minutes from now, the left uh, uh, slamming the, the label of cultural approbation on somebody and not learning any lessons whatsoever. So we'll see. We'll see. You're, of course, right, Steve. Um, but I, I fear where the over-under uh, should be set at. Um, I think we all know the answer to it.
3: And just to, to I think, illustrate how this cuts both ways again, uh, talk about cultural appropriation of a different sort. How many uh, people uh, have culturally appropriated a culture of life? How many politicians have that were applauding President Trump's proposal um, for late-term abortion bans, who have also been voting for funding Planned Parenthood. Exactly. How many did we see the other night? A lot. That's a cultural appropriation of a different kind. And You're again, right. this goes back uh, to what we were talking about last segment a little bit as well, which is this cuts both ways. This is a systemic a, a systemic uh, problem. And of course, it's a systemic problem in our culture. Uh, this just, again, goes to show that we are a people, a very sick people in need of a savior and revival.
1: I think this is why we're warned sometimes in the scriptures to not be, not always be, uh, uh, overjoyous when you see calamity come upon your enemy. Uh, because you know, this is the whole double edged sword thing. I, 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 this is not a time I think for us as a movement to get back on a high horse, to act superior I think this. Really? is I, I know that's not going to generate the clicks, you know. But I'm, I'm really more interested in, in preserving a civilization than that. Listen, if I can get rich while preserving a civilization, I'm a capitalist. I'm totally fine with it. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose uh, preserving a civilization over the bottom line pretty much every time. Uh, if you force me to make that choice, so uh, I really think we have a chance to be relatable again. Uh, to, to remind people why we want to conserve these values again. Um, to remind people why these things are worthy of fighting for again. As opposed to uh oh, see, that's what happens to you. Oh, see? Uh see. I, I I think that right now you're watching a lot of accounts get settled. And and I, I I don't know that I think there's a there's a road team or a home team here. Okay. I think there is um I, I think it really just comes down to who, who has any humility left? Who's willing to say, God is God and I am not? And then who is not? I think those are really the only two teams. I
2: love... I love what you just said there about no there's no home and no uh, road team and it makes me think of the one chill up my spine uh, moment yesterday which you you addressed uh, in the speech uh, where he said the Americans are right. here the opportunity right now for uh, the I mean a, a movie to be made in commercial form yeah. So, uh, with the the, the the and the headline would be the Americans are here, and you show Native Americans, and you show black, uh, blacks, and you show whites, and you show Asians, and you show Hispanics, and what they're doing, and how they're living, and how they're together, and they're not uh, they're uh, they're taking the best of whatever tribe they come from and putting it together into what it means to be American. That moment is here; it is right now. But we are surrounded by people who aren't capable of capitalizing on that moment. I mean that we are. In and camel through the eye of the needle territory mm-hmm. in terms of people who even know what a moment looks like
1: that's a great point man uh, and I love bringing that uh, that moment from the speech of the night back into this again because why was, why was this Jewish man who's, who's huddling with his family thinking that this may be it this may be the last time on this earth I ever address you why was he elated because the Americans were here most of those American soldiers were white Pretty much all the German soldiers were. So, is it they weren't? There wasn't a superior race. Uh, there, there, it, it, there. It wasn't. It was because of what the Americans he believed what the Americans stood for, and therefore mm-hmm. also stood against. And, and it transcended the fact that you know we have so much focus on race today. Most of the American soldiers looked a heck of a lot like most of the German soldiers. They just weren't fighting for the same reasons and standing for the same things. And that's where we have an opportunity, I think, now. Because the other side, I, I was saying this to Glenn this morning on his show when I was on with Glenn Beck this morning. We are going to have the, the existential debate, you know, and Todd, you've been listening to me, and Aaron, you've been listening to me since you were literally growing up uh, when I was you know, coming up in local radio. I, I've been trying to, the conversation we're having now, I've been trying to yeah. have this conversation pretty much my entire career. Mm-hmm. and most of the time it's been the republicans that told me that i was nuts i shouldn't have it it gets in the way of winning elections everything's great everything's fine it's, it's people like you you purists. you upset the apple cart you're the you're the the problems that we have and i don't know if you guys listen to beck this morning he was telling me about a conversation he had with orrin hatch remember how i always tell you guys you always know when republicans have run out of things to say when they say they're going to put up a flag burning amendment how many times have you heard me say that yeah okay this <laughs> please, morning please do Don't. Glenn is telling me a story about it. He was trying to sell Orrin Hatch on why he needed to listen to the Tea Party movement. And it it was a private meeting. And he literally told me, and Glenn has no idea probably that I've said this so many times. Glenn looks at me and goes, and Stevie looked right at me in this private meeting. And he told me, ah, you know what? They don't want limited government. I'll just throw up a flag burning amendment or something. And uh, they'll be satiated. They'll be happy. And they'll be totally fine with it. And I don't know if you yeah. can tell, my, I, my jaw almost dropped when he said, I'm like, crap, I was actually right about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was even more right about that than I thought. Okay. So, my, all my career, I have wanted us to, I've wanted to have a platform to have this argument, this conversation as a kid born to a 15 year old mom. As a kid that grew up in the first post-sexual revolution porn generation. As a kid who majored in Super Tech Mobile and, and Party Balls in college, which they don't have degrees for that, I found out, after they threw me out. Okay? As a kid who met his wife in a hookup chat room before they even had invented them yet in the early days of dial-up AOL modems. I mean, I, 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 I was conceived the wrong way. I did almost everything wrong. I should not be where I am today talking about the things I'm talking about. I should not be. I'm still doing plenty of things wrong now. But it's not about me. And and there's a power that came into my life that gave me the, the, the wherewithal and the resolve and even more than that, the desire to overcome the things that were holding me back from fulfilling the potential that was given to me by my creator. And... That's why I'm a conservative. Is is I want that's the same source that our rights and our liberty come from. I want to conserve that source because I look at the mess I have made of my life in the past and would make of my life without that source. Heck man, I look at the mess I can make of things when I've got that source working in my life cuz I often want to ignore it and do my own thing instead. And I I see what it did to to me. And for me, and vis-a-vis the people around me that I love. How could I not want to then conserve that and pass that on? See, that's the part of the story that is missing here. They have held the relational advantage all of my career. And it was all a lie. It, it was, it, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the same lie every pagan deity always tells you. Sure, come into my shrine have all the sex you want, drink all the alcohol you want, do all the drugs you want, have all the fun you want. Just, you know, and when we're done here, I need a price. Usually it's your firstborn, your child. It's the same. None of this is new. And what's happening now is for for most of my life, the pagan movement in this country has used code words and terms and, and catchy phrases, great branding, so that we couldn't argue with them head on And most of the Republicans that we thought were our proxies didn't want to argue with them anyway. Well, we're going to have this argument now. We're not going to have the argument because we want to. We're not going to have the argument because, you know, I I didn't come to Dallas because I wanted to. I love the people here. It's a great facility. You guys know me, man. I'd rather be at home in the man cave watching college basketball tonight, okay? Okay. You guys can only imagine the thoughts that were going on in my head when we sat down in that tarmac in that American Airlines jet last night for an hour and a half waiting to take off. You, you could probably only think of the vocabulary that, was, that was, I was contemplating at that moment. I'm like, I could be at home watching this game right now. Why did I come down here? Because I wanted to introduce them to a movie that I think does a great job standing for a principle more important than me. That's why I did And I, and I think... What's happening now is the other side is in Pitchfork and unit and, and Unitard territory. The, all the catchphrases, everything's gone now. Everything's out in yep. the open. We just want you—they're they're really just now knocking on your door. Hi, we're with the Bale Society. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi, I'm, I'm an ambassador of Moloch. What are you doing Friday night?
2: Yeah, that's your column yesterday. There is a new religion at yes. hand. And they're advertising it without shame. Yes, we're, so, moths and cows over yes, babies. Yes. Yes.
1: So everything, I, every argument I ever wanted to have in my career, we're finally going to have it. Not because we could convince the people representing us to have it, but because the enemy here has decided they don't. they, they want to have it. They're going to force this now on us. Like I said yesterday, Sauron is coming over the gate now, and there is no doubt. I, 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 I hope he talked about this on his show today. Off the air, Glenn was telling me what it was like sitting in the State of the Union room. And he, could, he was really just describing a spiritual enmity. It's really what he was describing. A, and a haughtiness and arrogance. And I'm listening to him describe what, he was, what, he was, what it was like sitting in the gallery watching these people. And I thought to myself, I will be like the Most High. Mm-hmm. I will ascend. I will be like God. That, that's, that's really what's happening right now in our culture. Awkward segue now. Huh? Hey, when was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned? Have you ever? Uh, do you have itchy ears, ear pain, or that plugged up feeling? Are you constantly asking people to repeat themselves? If these problems sound familiar, you could be like millions of Americans forced to visit the doctor for a professional ear cleaning. But now, you can get the same results. And you know what I love here? Comfort and convenience of your own home. I'm always in. For comfort and convenience of your own home, I'm always in for that. And WaxRx uses physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then soothes the ear with pH condition formula. And now you can use it without a prescription, so no more expensive trips to the doctor or waiting around in the waiting rooms of doctor's offices. Try the WaxRx system risk-free today. Just go to usewaxrx.com and use the offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. Use WaxRx.com and use the offer code radio for free shipping when you go to the checkout. All right, guys, I, I totally ran long on this. I, 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 we got a truth That's bomb okay. I wanted to drop. I want to introduce a new segment. Uh, and then we're going to bring back an old segment that uh, that some uh, of our audience missed and Aaron missed as well. So we're going to kind of do like a hodgepodge uh top of hour two. Uh, when we come back here live and on demand on The Blaze, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. More in a moment. All right, back with our two of the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace here on location uh, in Dallas, here at the HQ. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. Back home in Des Moines, where they're freezing here because it's 35 degrees, but Todd and Aaron would literally kill you where you stand to make it 35 degrees where they are right now. Correct.
3: True story. True story. True story,
1: indeed. I know. I'm coming back to it, man. I'm sorry. And when I come back, it's going to be like in the teens. I know, man. I know. Hey, if you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. Before you consider replacing them, try Genesis 950. It's an amazing pet stain and odor remover. With water, Genesis 950 breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they are gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet stains and odors from carpet and padding, and it can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your families and your pets as well. So if you're tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time. To buy Genesis 950, one gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 can make up to seven gallons of cleaner. Genesis 950, it's not just for pet stains, by the way. You can clean your entire house, bathrooms, kitchens, countertops, everything, even granite, quartz, garage floors, everything with Genesis 950. So before you purchase any new carpet, you must try Genesis 950, one gallon direct at Genesis950.com. Go to Genesis950.com. You'll get a free spray bottle and discount using code Blaze. That's Genesis950.com, Genesis950.com. All right, let's get to it. Today's Truth Bomb brought to you by, yes, I even brought the product placement with me, folks. Uh, Today's Truth Bomb brought to you by my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe, to our own demise, available everywhere, but at Amazon.com right now. Don't worry about going to the bookstore. Just go to Amazon.com, buy your copy right now. And trust me, if you read it, you'll likely regret it. Not because it's not a good book, but because it's full of truth bombs. And if you have read the book and you do like it, um, first of all, congratulations on your high pain threshold. Secondly, uh, you can leave us a five-star review at Amazon.com. We would greatly appreciate those as well. So today's truth bomb was also an Aaron's montage, but I want to reset this video. Uh, This is Bernie Sanders pretending... Not to notice. Watch this. Now, do you believe Justin Fairfax, is accuser, his accuser? Okay, Ari.
0: Okay. What? Time we you don't. You Excuse me. Stop you're not on the. Around you're around not on the please. phone. You're May not I on the been? phone. Excuse me, sir. I'm asking you a
2: question. Justin Fairfax is
0: accusing. We need a culture change in the way boys and men respond to women. Last night, President of the United States, instead of understanding that we have to change our culture, Instead of understanding that we have got to make it easier for women who have been victims of sexual assault to come forward and tell their stories. Now, do you believe Justin Fairfax, his accuser, his accuser? Okay, Ari. Okay. Here is a woman who has come forward to do what she thought was right as an American citizen understanding from day one that she would be attacked by political opponents and the result of her having come forward was that she has received death threats. She's been separated from her children. She's had Nazis protesting outside her house. That's what she has gone through. And the president's response to her courage is to mock her, to make fun of her. Now what kind of message does that send to women and men all over this country, women who are struggling, to determine whether when they come forward they will be laughed at, they will be rejected? You're not on the the phone, you're not on on the phone. phone. Excuse me, sir. President of the United States should lead this country in changing that type of culture, making it easier for women to come forward and tell their stories, making it clear to boys and men that in this country, that type of behavior is unacceptable.
1: So here's the thing about this video. Uh, how hard is it? Let's try to get beyond the, uh, the low-lying fruit aspect of it, which is all justified, <laughs> all right? Let's try to get beyond the obvious hypocrisy um, because I, I think something even worse is happening here, actually. I think something even worse than, pol- the, than run-of-the-mill political hypocrisy is happening here. In the case of the accuser of Lieutenant Governor Fairfax, while while a lot of things look similar, you should also know, in fact, I was just looking at this up on the screen while we were playing the the Bernie Sanders video. She's offering a lot more specifics. Well, I shouldn't say a lot more. She's offering several more specifics about what she says was a non-consensual encounter than Christy Blasey Ford did. Um, And he's... a. I mean, she's talking about uh, him holding her head down uh, to force her to perform oral sex and gagging her and choking her against her will. Um, He doesn't deny knowing her or that there was an encounter. He's denying that it wasn't consensual. So right away, we have a a bit of a deviation. The stories do look remarkably similar. But in in the case of the Fairfax story, he is not denying that he has had sex with that woman. Brett Kavanaugh was adamant, I have never even met this woman. I don't know who she is. And they could find no one on earth that could verify that Brett Kavanaugh knew Christy Blasey Ford. No one on earth could. He is acknowledging, the LG in Virginia is acknowledging he knows this woman and that he had sex with her. He's just saying her version of the story that he forced herself upon him or upon her is not accurate. So while this looks from this is again why we don't always serve our interest well as conservatives to go for the low lying fruit clickbaity stuff. The truth can be its own reward here. I wouldn't I wouldn't let the, the Democrats off or ease. You're letting them off by saying they're Kavanaugh hypocrites is letting them off easy. We're we're already now. Ladies and gentlemen, with with the facts that are stipulated, we've already moved a whole level beyond anything we talked about with Kavanaugh. They could not prove Brett Kavanaugh even knew his accuser. He does not, Mr. Mr. Fairfax does not deny he knows her. And this is the same thing we saw in Minnesota. I forget his name, but uh, the former... Keith Ellison. Thank you, Keith Ellison, the former deputy head of the DNC, uh, turned Minnesota attorney general. See, I think something even worse is happening here than political hypocrisy. How hard would it have been for Senator Sanders to simply say, these are new allegations. I've not had a chance to look into them. Um, and, you know, uh, I need to collect more facts before I have a statement?
2: The answer is it would be impossible because everything is the cause. Everything that's, is the cause. That's
1: exactly right. See, the, the, the scenario you, 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 you skipped ahead in my Choose Your Own Adventure book, but that's okay. Apologies. Uh, no, that's all right. We're on the same wavelength here. See, if he had gone where I suggested, that would be your run-of-the-mill political hypocrisy. Oh, he he's, uh yeah, he's got, he, he's want to, you know, look uh, for facts with Brett Kavanaugh, but he's going to, see, that's your run-of-the-mill political hypocrisy. What you see in that video is something different. You see Indifference. He can't be bothered. He won't he he can't come he can't come fr- off of his high horse long enough to even give you a horse-pucking answer like I suggested.
2: He can't even See, If he's he, a character in your favorite book Animal Farm, he's yes, just a character from that yes,
1: book. That's exactly right. Th- th- that's because run of the mill political hypocrisy is the kind of thing you do to win an election. Treating any viable opposition or um contrary opinion as if it cannot even be possibly entertained. That, that's what you do with a conquest. That's what you mm-hmm. do with an invasion. Mm-hmm. See, I, I think the way our side has played that video has sold it short. And I think, I think some of it again is because that bait ain't gonna click itself, number one. And then number two, I, I still think there's some people on our side that just um, either can't comprehend or refuse to understand existentially what is truly happening right now. This Absolutely isn't even about right. socialism. It's about spiritualism. He, he, Bernie Sanders treated that guy the way you look at the Jehovah's Witness when you're trying to mow the lawn on a Saturday who's bothering you. And you you give them the look of, why are you here? We both know I'm not going to buy what you're selling. You're getting in my way. That's the level of indifference he demonstrates there. That's a 75-year-old man pretending to be on a mobile phone like teenage girls at the food court who are trying to shun somebody in their clique and are pretending like they can't hear them and they're busy. But you're beneath him because you're you're in the way of his cause. And... If, the, if, if, if true events help his cause, then he's for true events. If hypocrisy helps his cause, he's for hypocrisy. If just flat out lying helps the cause, he's for flat out lying. If hypocrisy is for the cause, he's for hypocrisy. If keeping it real is for the cause, he'll keep it real. Todd referenced one of my all-time favorite books, Animal Farm. That's exactly what we're describing here. The techniques of totalitarianism and orwell was by most definitions a liberal he just hated oppression and tyranny that's that and in fact that's that's a great explanation or example of why i say there really aren't any liberals left anymore the reason guys like actors james, like actor james woods comes over to our side cuz he was like one of the last liberals left he really thought hey we're going to give people freedom and stuff to make their own choices no we weren't we were never going to do that. We were going to use that in order to give us the moral authority uh, to take it away from the choices we don't want them to make, and make people make the choices we do want them to make. That's what we were going to do: power, power, and control. Power and control. What is the cause, Steve? Social? No, nope, no, nope, no, 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 no. Power and control. That's the cause. That's the cause. Whatever it takes to acquire power and control is the cause, period, end of sentence. Any technique, any falsehood, any truth, anything, it's all about power and control. You cannot get in the way of the cause. That's why Bernie Sanders couldn't be bothered. So I don't know what you guys think. I I think that wasn't about hypocrisy. I I think that's the simple clickbaity example, but I I think there's a level of indifference and disdain there, that you are getting in the way of his crusade.
2: Well, he he manifests that verbally. Excuse me, excuse me. Don't you understand? I'm a man on a mission here. Um, it's it's just so obvious in every pore of their being uh, that the that self righteousness uh, just is is holding dominion over them yes. I, you, and I'm, I just want to reset what you said I mean we we the, one of the it was cool when um, Trump was riffing on uh socialism and making uh, uh fun of it it was one of the best lines of his speech but again uh you transcend that again we we are in a spiritual uh battle that uh even though the the guns and the swords or whatever the the maces whatever the weapon is your that they really haven't been brought out writ large yet um, our existential spiritual battle right now here in this moment is akin to what's going on uh in uh in world war ii and throughout the ages because there is nothing new under the sun we're dealing with a timeless problem of where we want to go as a human species without being yoked to god
3: yeah, and I think another more subtle example of this, of what you're talking about, Steve, uh, going on with the left right now is what's happening between the dynamic of Nancy Pelosi and the new hotness, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Mm-hmm. A couple of stories out this morning about how Nancy Pelosi is throwing sh- shade at the Green New Deal, which is Ocasio Cortez's big uh, idea, uh, and how there's some sort of climate change global warming panel or something. Uh, committee that uh, Nancy Pelosi did not uh, put Ocasio-Cortez on. It's quite simple um, because right now, Pelosi sees her as a threat to her power. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pelosi sees Ocasio-Cortez as a threat to Pelosi's power. And so Mm -hmm. even though they espouse the same talking points, they espouse pretty much an identical worldview, I would say. She sees a threat, and so that threat needs to be put in her place. And again, that's more subtle, I think, example or illustration than that video was that we just played a few minutes ago. But yeah, that's absolutely true, because this worldview of progressivism, of leftism, it is, as you've always said, about one thing, and that is power. And that, when you, when you recognize that, so many more things kind of fall into place with the left, even though they have a worldview that is logically incomprehensible, it is the only logical thing is that, uh, is, is that they will do anything for power, because that is first and foremost in the worldview. They will change logic. They will use different logic one day than the next. Uh, anything to get power in that way in that way alone the world makes more sense
1: all right let's bring it back an oldie but goody we got an intro for this you were telling me you betcha
3: we all have questions
1: uh-huh. who am i why am i here where am i going who am i a search and a question of identity why am i here a question of meaning and purpose where am i going question of destiny
0: Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions
1: on The Steve Day Show. So, at the request of several of you, and our producer Aaron, uh, who asked me last week, he said, hey, I love the fact we're kind of going there even more often as a show, but if we're going to go there... I think we should bring this segment back just to lighten the mood every now and then. And I said, you know what? You're right. It's a great idea. So it is back once a week. Our producer, Aaron, will get to ask Todd and I three questions about any three things. And hopefully they are not about politics. Doesn't mean they can't be substantive and important, but uh, give us a little break from what is going on in the political world. And three questions is brought to you by our friends at home title lock homeowners. Beware a data breach. Just exposed 24 million of you potentially to title fraud could even cost you not just the equity, but maybe even your own home. If you've got a mortgage, a HELOC or a refi from a major bank, you could be vulnerable. Identity theft protection will not protect you. Your bank won't protect you either, but for pennies a day, home title lock will They will put a virtual barrier around the most valuable asset and investment most Americans have, their own home, specifically the equity in your home. So if you want to learn more, you don't know, uh, maybe your home's title has already been targeted. Go to HomeTitleLock.com for more information and also get a free title scan and report if you're a part of our family here at The Blaze. HomeTitleLock.com. Aaron, you may fire when ready.
3: Thank you, Steve, and I want to assure you that these are all very, very important questions. (laughs) Uh, First up, we got another trailer for Avengers Endgame during the Super Bowl the other day. Um, It is, uh, I mean, it looks good. They don't give anything away. Uh, There was a report out yesterday, I know, Todd, you were talking about that, how uh, this may be a three-hour runtime for the next installment of the Avengers. Steve, I know you've got a prediction about that film tomorrow, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to step on that, but looking back at all the other Avengers films, up until this point, what is one thing that you would change, if you
1: could, about the story or any of the movies so far? The one thing that I would change about the story or any of the movies, um, uh, I would have done better with Ultron. I, I think the second Avengers film uh, and, and having James Spader voice Ultron I thought was great. But um, I thought they didn't flesh him out as a character enough. Uh, I thought the audience was only given really a, a cursory look at the depth of what he brings as a villain. He's basically the villain that brought the Avengers together originally in the, in the comics. So um, I, I think that was a, the most disappointing moment for me. Is I think they had a chance to create sort of the Marvel Universe's Darth Vader, if you will. Uh, and I think they just did a meh job instead.
2: I th- I would have um used I mean listen I can't believe uh, the, how they've kept this whole thing uh together with a narrative that people uh care about but in terms of uh the kind of the cosmology behind everything and it's explained at the beginning of the last movie with the uh, the the six infinity stones but um ultimately the whole the three or movies um, I, I I did not like Ragnarok as much as everybody else, but oh, I don't I think it's a bad. Ragnarok. Uh, I know you do. I yeah. don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it was a, a great movie. Obviously, like one of the, I think it, most people agree that in the bottom quartile is the dark dark World. the middle one, whatever it was called. Yeah. I really like the first one. Got me in, got me hooked on Thor, but I th- um I think the trilogy could have used much better to establish more of the background of. The Marvel universe, the, the, the alien aspect of things, I, I, it got too uh, wonky and geeky, and it, 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 I think they failed there to just probably, and really, failed is, I mean, I'm, I'm using that term pretty loosely, but I, they could have used, this, especially that second movie, I think, to just advance the broader universe to get mm-hmm. non-storybook geeks to care more.
3: Yeah, I, I I'd say the one thing that I would change is uh, along the lines of what Todd was saying. It would be nice to have more context. Of course, when you do yep. this, um, w- when you do this in a, in a film and in a franchise that is this successful, when you give more background info and more origin stories to some of the characters, maybe the less known or supporting characters, you kind of maybe handcuff yourself for a later sequel or an origin story, you know, movie yourself. But it would be nice to kind of have some more context. I am surprised, though, because there there are several times when I'll watch, you know, non-Avengers movies or uh, Marvel movies that I haven't seen, and I won't watch them in order. And I'm still kind of able to piece together and pick up and put down – or pick up what they're putting down. Uh, and so they – again, it, they're brilliant, and these are really trivial – at the end of the day, yep. trivial um, – Complaints. Question number two, Major League Baseball is apparently going to be uh, mulling over some rule changes. Great question. Uh, Among them, uh, three batter minimum for pitchers, universal designated hitter, single trade deadline before the All-Star break, and a 20-second pitch clock. The expansion of the roster to twenty six men with a twelve pitcher minimum. Uh, So, what are your quick thoughts? First and quick thoughts on these potential rules. That's my first question. Second question, though, is really what I want to hear. If you were the czar of Major League Baseball, what is one rule you would do away with, instant replay notwithstanding? Come on. And then one rule (laughs) that you would definitely put in.
1: Well, one of the rules, if I were. MLB are I would definitely put in is in your suggestion and that is universal uh, designated hitter I, I don't know why anybody cares about watching pitchers hit 150 um, I, I would do a universal DH I, I, I buy MLB the show every year it's one of the great sports games out there I play the Tigers all 162 games and I always set it up that both both leagues have a DH so I'm, I'm absolutely all for that if I, uh, the a rule I could get away with, it, or I'd get away or I'd get do away with is, and I don't know that it's a rule as much as maybe a collective bargaining practice, I'd bring back more doubleheaders. I think the season goes on too long. We're, we're going to start March 29th yeah. now That'd and cool. play until like October 2nd. Let's play more doubleheaders and give guys more days off. The thing I've never understood, and this is something I'm going to pick an argument with Schilling about when we get further into baseball season the quote unquote day off. So, like, Todd, if I give you the day off here at the show, right? Do you like show up and then like, you know, do some writing and guest booking on the side, but just don't go on the air? Is that what, is that what you call a day off?
2: I promise you, I don't do that.
1: Yeah. So when you, where, where are you on your day off anywhere, but at work, right? Yeah. So what I've never understood is if you give a guy a day off, why the hell is he there? If he can show up in dress and dress and, and put on a uniform, let's play games. It's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, a day off means I'm at home. I, I don't, I've never understood the whole, they've got a day off. So he's just going to sit there and watch? Why? What, 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 what good does that do, anybody? So I would have the universal DH. I, I like most of the rules that Aaron suggested. I don't think a pitching shot clock is a good idea at all. I think you're begging for injuries where pitchers may suddenly feel like they got to hurry up and throw a pitch in there like you see on basketball. And when you look at the complexity of the windup of an MLB pitcher, I think that's a bad idea. But I like most of the rest of those rules. I would certainly have the universal DH, uh, and I would uh, I'd have more double headers and have the season. Yeah, Baseball is unique of all the other team sports, and that the pursuit of individual excellence is right up there with the pursuit of team excellence. Okay, the the, the individual records matter, so I wouldn't necessarily shrink the season because you want to keep the pursuit of those records because that keeps fans coming. Uh, maybe if their team's not that good um i remember as a tiger fan the year that cecil fielder became the first guy to hit 50 home runs since george foster in 78 tigers weren't that good that year but they were selling out all the time cuz you wanted to see something like that happen so i wouldn't get rid of games cuz you want to keep those uh, records that matter in in you know make them achievable i just make the the length of time it takes to play it shorter more doubleheaders fewer more days off uh, and there's no reason to start the season March 28th, 28th, and finish it like October 4th. That's too long.
2: Listen, I, I'm a I was a minor league baseball umpire. I still umpire uh, uh, high school baseball. You don't need any more rules in baseball. Trust me, it, it that 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 rule book covers everything. Right now, you don't need a timer in it. The umpires already, by rule, have the power to uh, award a strike to a hitter who's delaying or a ball. Uh, to the count if a pitcher's delaying. They just never do that. That's in the rule book. You can do that. And furthermore, the, the, Steve, to your point, I... I- I have no problem with the DH. I've never really had a problem, but now the the purists are coming out of the wall. Uh, listen, I'm a Brewer fan. They the, the what they did with that bullpen and you know putting a starting pitcher in for one pitch. And listen, I I was uncomfortable with that. People who think they're protecting like purity, old school baseball. Listen, what the Brewers tried to do, and I'm a Brewer fan. I wanted them to get to the World Series, but that was like new age baseball. Old school baseball was guys throwing nine innings. All right, mm-hmm. so th- this thing protecting the what the bullpens do now. Is you're you're not, whatever you're doing, you're not being a, a uh, purist, okay? And and the DH thing has to go hand in hand with the three batter rule because you can insist a pitcher has to face uh, three batters, but then in the eighth inning he's coming up in a crucial spot. You're going to have to have both. Those two things aren't separate. So I'm really fascinated also to hear what you ask uh, uh, your conversation with Curt Schilling on this, Steve.
3: I would say I would get rid of the DH. I've always been a and really wonky. I yeah, I've been really wonky. I'm like are these guys not baseball players too? I mean, they should be able to hit a ball. Of course, I'm not going to tell that to Kurt Schilling because I'm afraid he's going to reach through the screen and, you know, hit me. Uh but no, I I I think If you if you're a baseball player, you're a baseball player, and if you're not a very good hitter, you're not a very good hitter. But you can make uh, up for it with really really good pitching. So I would get rid of the DH, and in its place, I would also I I would do the three batter minimum. If I had to choose between any of these, the three batter minimum, because uh, I think it was you were talking about this. Yeah, you were talking about this the other day with. uh, with Schilling about uh, you know Tony La Russa and that was back when I was really into baseball. But I remember this Tony La Russa. Okay, there's one pitcher uh, warming up for this one better. Okay, he got him out. We're gonna go to the bullpen again. Warm up, come out, throw. P- it just slows things down so quickly. Uh, we got about 90 seconds left for this really weird one. Uh, if you could go back in time and replace any band member of any band through history, either still currently playing or not, which band would you join and who would you boot out of that band?
1: why oh wow oh wow um wow uh todd i gotta let you take this one first i gotta think about this one for a second you know i got (laughs) one i got one okay i'm gonna i i I don't know his name um i'm booting the bassist out of u2 because i think adam claiborne i'm booting adam yes i knew it was adam something i can't remember his last name here's why i'm booting adam um because I think uh, drumming's too hard, and secondly, um, somebody needed to be there to keep uh, uh, Mister Paul Hewlett—I think was—is his real name—keep him on the narrow road. All right, keep him following the original vision and inspiration of the band, and I would have nominated myself for that job.
2: Um, I would kick out bruce springsteen out of bruce springsteen because come on man you're doing you're all that americana American? and you, you you think it leads American. down progressive road no way
1: well that's what I, uh, I, I, I think mean, i would have made sure you two's not endorsing uh, abortion in ireland that's why i would have kicked somebody out put myself there
3: yeah i would kick out adam levine from uh, maroon five
1: he basically is maroon five yep okay Just so we're clear on that. Yep.
3: All right, cool. Yep.
2: All
1: right, back here live and on demand on The Blaze. I'm on location here at Blaze HQ in Dallas. Uh, I'm Steve Dace. Uh, Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. You know, it's bad enough your IRS problems... uh, threatened to ruin your 2018, don't let the same thing happen this year as well. Consider what's at stake when the IRS has you in their sights. Your paycheck, your bank account, your business, maybe even your own home. If you're smart, you'll know better than to deal with the IRS alone. You're going to need expert help, but who? They're all the same, right? Wrong. Optima Tax Relief is America's number one tax resolution firm. Optima knows that behind every tax problem are honest. Hardworking Americans with families, paychecks, and bank accounts to protect. When you engage Optima to fight for you and protect what's yours, you're going to get a proven and award-winning team. A team who can help stop the aggressive collection aims of the IRS and protect you from them as well. That's how Optima has saved nearly a billion dollars, with a a billion with a B, for their clients over the years. Call for your free consultation while you still have some options. Call 800-699-6140. That's 800-699-6140. All right, let's get to it uh, with Theology Thursday, and we have been going through our very first ever uh, Bible study uh, through the book of Colossians. And and where we left off last week is in chapter 3, uh, Paul is making a transition here. Uh, so chapter 1, again, is establishing who is God. Oh, or in Christian theology, this is what's called Christology. Chapter 2 is about... Um, deflecting, uh, inoculating yourselves from uh, fake teaching, false teaching, bad philosophy, stinking thinking, all right? And now chapter three transitions into um, those of us, then how are we to live? Who are we to be instead? If we're not going to follow the way that the rest of the world goes, what should it look like if, if we're following who we learned is really God in chapter one? And we're going to pick this up now in verse eleven, and oh boy, does this have something to say to us today? So this is now after Paul has listed all the characteristics of what it means when we are living the way our Creator intended, uh, and and juxtaposes those things with how we live when we're not, and then he says this: when we are in this meaning, when we are in this community with our Creator, when we're in communion with Him. In this community, there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. What you just read is, a re- is among many things, is a rebuke of identity politics. Gentlemen, we said earlier in this hour or in this show, the number one value of the American left today is what?
3: identity politics
1: identity politics this is why I've used terms like pagan and I'm going to use this term much more you'll probably see me much more transition from using progressive to pagan because that's really what we're selling here now and I, I've I've used the term pagan numerous times in my career intermittently probably going to use it more directly and frequently now and the reason why is because our 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 friends on the left are being more honest about the the true aims here uh, the true end game here they're selling a new religion, except it's really the old one. Uh, they're, they're, they're not progressives, they're regressives. They want to return us to the, the thinking in the world prior to uh, the emergence of Christianity. Uh, that's really what they want to do. They want to undo Western civilization. That's the goal here. And that's why... That's why, you've, if, you've, if you're with us here on The Blaze, you've heard our Ally Stuckey speak out about this a lot. Uh, this is why uh, you've heard uh, Aaron ask me to talk about this a lot. I got an email this week from a guy who works uh, for, a, I'll, I'll say, a national sports media outlet. And he just his job just doesn't permit him to speak out about this kind of stuff. So he asked me if I would address it because he's concerned about it too. And it's this idea within the church that we now have to we have to adopt identity politics. That's the worst thing we could possibly do. I mean, it it, it is the worst thing we could possibly do because we are we are we're going to incorporate the number one vehicle of the spirit of the age, and we're going to bring it right into the church when we as a church are here to defeat that rebuke it correct it lead people away from it you're you're essentially uh, injecting the venom into your own bloodstream paul makes it very clear that there's only one race the human race and that when we are when we when we recognize that we we are in the right relationship with our creator when we have gone to him and said, will you forgive me for the ways that I have disobeyed and abandoned you? And then we join with other people who have done the same things. The way it looks, at, the way it looks is all those old identities are gone. So let me put this, let, let's, say, let's say Paul had written this epistle, this letter in the 21st century instead of the 1st century. This line might look a little bit something like maybe this. Uh, here there is no white or black. You have to understand Paul is Jewish. Uh, he is, and, and in the, he, and, and from the Jewish tradition, there's really two kinds of people in the world. There's Jews and Gentiles or Jews and Greeks. Okay. There is neither uh, white or black, um, circumcised or uncircumcised or, uh, uh, ritualistic or unritualistic. Um, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, male, female, in the sense that we are we are our primary, not biologically, but our primary identities now come from the fact that that relationship is restored. We're children of God now. There's been a reconciliation and a restoration. And so for the church to come and say that, we now need to incorporate that tribalism and, and divisive identity and bring it back into the church. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with efforts at racial reconciliation in the church. I've, I've, I've in, been involved in them. Uh, the man I did, dedicated my book truth bombs to him and I did this together uh, for several years, trying to get black ministers that he knew and white ministers that I knew and get them together uh, and to do communion together. All right. But, um the way to reconciliation is repentance. Repentance of what? Your sin. Not acknowledgement. Uh, and, oh by the way, yes racism is a sin. Um so is finding your identity in anything other than your creator. That is that's the old that's one of the oldest sins of them all. That's called idolatry. So you need to understand, and this will be controversial, and that's okay. Finding your identity, if, if you are a Christian and you're black, and you find your identity primarily in your blackness, you're in sin. Every bit as much as the racist is. It's a different sin, but the, the point of your faith is to, is to leave all that behind. Not to return to it with Bible verses. That's not how this works. And so, you know, we're supposed to remove the tribalism and um, uh, we, we are, this is what true unity looks like. Unity within diversity or diversity within unity, I should say. Meaning diverse groups of people unified around the right cause or the right relationship, which in this case is your relationship with your creator. So, this notion that we're going to take leftist sh- social theory and we're going to bring it into the church, but we can tame it, um, tone it down, uh, we can um, make it palatable and less divisive because it's, it's, it's the right cause. No, that's wrong. The, um, leftist social theory has no interest in racial reconciliation. It has interest in two things. Do you remember what they are? Power and control. One of the oldest strategies known to man: divide and then what? Todd, divide and then what? Conquer. Divide and conquer. Yeah. That's that's what leftist social theory is devised to do, because it's not leftist social theory; it's pagan. It's from hell. It's, devised to div- it, it, it's there to divide and conquer. So for the church to come in and buy into the divisiveness and say, through acknowledging the divisiveness, we'll reach reconciliation. No. We rebuke the divisiveness. We rebuke your divisiveness. We, refu- we don't take part. Um, in our church, there's neither Jew nor Greek, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, One Lord, one baptism, one community of believers. That's it. Regardless of the language you speak, the color of your skin, regardless of your local customs, regardless of your music style, uh, regardless of of your gender, our identity is not in those things. Our identity. The reason why you're seeing transgenderism uh, is because you have gender dysphoria, Because you feel as if your desires don't match up with your biological creation. In a way, transgenderism is the ultimate idolatry of gender. That you're nothing more than the sum total of your parts. And so therefore, if the math doesn't add up, I need to change the parts to make the math work. You were made to be much more than that. You have the image of the eternal God, you carry that with you. You're, you're made to be much more important than debating such trite, trivial things that you are destroying yourself over. Transgenderism isn't the abandonment of gender. It's the worship of it. We have it backwards. This is idolatry. Holding on to your racial identity. I go to a black church. No, you don't. Congratulations. Here's your... No you don't. Do you go to a Christian church? So we're supposed to transcend these things. Buying into them is not the way to show sensitivity. If you want to show sensitivity, rebuke racism. Call racists to repentance in the name of Jesus. And then call those who have been who have been aggrieved through racism to forgive as he forgave us. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. You do know what this really looks like. It looks like um, that black uh, family in South Carolina who forgave yep. Dylan Roof. That's th- what I'm talking about. Is that is the perfect example of it. But what a lot of largely white pastors and ministers, mostly out of an overreaction to Trumpism. So they are essentially the the they're the reverse of Robert Jeffress. They're the same coin. Just turn it over. One side may say you know Domitian, the other side says Nero. One side you know may say Hadrian, the other side may say Titus. It's the same coin. Just they're two sides of the same coin. They've completely overreacted. Their alt right nationalists had a convention in D.C. four years ago, folks. Like two hundred people came, and they were outnumbered like three to one by journalists. Okay. So this is an overreaction that, again, sets the gospel aside in order to react to the spirit of the age. We are here to take the gospel to defeat the spirit of the age. As Paul challenges in another one of his epistles, where is the sage of this age? He's calling them out. He's daring you. Come into the arena. Face me, because I'm not standing here alone. You've got no chance. Bring it. Bring your best thinkers. Where is the sage of this age? We, we need our churches to do that. Not attempt to negotiate with the sage of the age. Not attempt to play within the rules of the spirit of the age. But to smash the idols of the spirit of the age. Gentlemen, do you want to comment on that?
3: Yeah. I, uh... I want to I want to emphasize something that you hit on there for just a, a few seconds, and I, I think some people listening to us, if you're listening to us on the podcast, you might have podcasts of pastors and preachers, and you might have some favorite pastors that you listen to, and you're thinking, um, how do I discern whether this person, this pastor, is really preaching about racial um, reconciliation? or if he is preaching a version, or maybe a watered-down version, of cultural Marxism. And here's how you can tell. If there is not an equal... So what, what are we supposed to do when we're in sin and we want to become right with our Creator? We are to repent first. The second step, if it is a sin involving and affecting somebody else, is to go to that person and ask for forgiveness, as Paul says in Ephesians, for being uh, kind, be kind to uh, one another, tenderhearted, for, you know, forgiving one another, as Christ forgave you you're supposed to forgive each other. If your pastor does not spend the same amount of time preaching that you should be forgiving others and preaching that if it's the sin of racism that those who have been sinned against have every amount and every obligation to forgive those who have sinned against them mm-hmm. as uh, the people who have sinned have to ask for forgiveness then they are preaching. They are not preaching the gospel. If they do not spend the equal amount of time or any time, which is what I have seen quite a bit, there's no time. Yeah, no, we're not going to talk about, you just need to, uh, you just need to be contrite and you need to feel bad about yourself uh, because of uh, white privilege. There's very little of that. So if your pastor is not spending time preaching about the need to forgive as much as the need to ask for forgiveness, then that pastor is probably preaching a a form of cultural Marxism. And Steve, I bring that example that you talked about, um, bring up that example quite a bit of the family the black family, mm-hmm. face-to-face with the person who went in, just the, the heinous person who went into a church and shot up that church face-to-face with that person and forgave Dylan Roof to his face. Why did we have the reaction we did in St. Louis, on the outskirts of St. Louis? And why did we have the lack of reaction that we did in that instance in South Carolina? It's because forgiveness is the essence of the gospel. Yes. And that was on full display. That is what racial reconciliation looks like.
1: There is no forgiveness huh. in the in the pagan religion. Ask Ralph Northam. Yep. So either yep. Ralph Northam's been a racist all this time and Democrats nominated a racist and got him elected governor of Virginia, or Everything that he's done to prove over the last 35 years to them he's not a racist doesn't matter because he did this one thing in a yearbook 35 years ago, his life and career is forfeit. Regardless of what you think of his politics, and I think they're heinous, that principle is right out of the bowels of hell. There is no redemption, there is no forgiveness in the pagan religion, and that's why there is no justice there either.
2: Uh, I think uh, I kept reminding of your preaching on um the— a meat sacrifice to, to idols and everything you just said because you, Paul said listen we got to get to the gospel so if, if, you, if in order to do that me, eat meat don't eat meat depends on the situation there uh, we're not going to make idols out of those things we got to get past them and over them to get to the gospel it's the same thing with race if you lock race in within the church um as as uh the meat you must eat you you cannot by definition uh get to the gospel so mm-hmm. again i've been hitting on this theme there's nothing new under the sun we are talking about that very theme
1: except for when Stu here at the blaze told me this morning he's a vegetarian there is no there is no forgiveness for what? that i i i know uh-oh yeah i just awkward um, yeah even in the, even even there in texas yes <laughs> In, indeed. Uh, how is he? Why
2: Although hasn't now he been that you deported? that that out,
1: I could make the case this is awfully bold and courageous, actually. <laughs> He's on one of the biggest conservative radio shows in America, live from Texas, standing athwart as a vegetarian. I, I might have reconsider my position on this. I kind of respect that level of contrarian, actually. Gentlemen, good to see you. We'll do this again tomorrow right here in Dallas. You guys in Des Moines. Stay warm. Until then, John 317.